This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in Counselor Education and Supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Kimberly Long? Kimberly Long was born in 1975. She eventually moved to Corona, California, where she worked as a licensed vocational nurse. At some point, Kimberly married and had a son. In 2003, Kimberly kicked her husband out of her house and moved her boyfriend in. His name was Oswaldo Condi. He went by the name Ozzy. She was 27 and he was 31. This takes me to the timeline of the crime. On October 6, 2003, Kimberly called 911 at 2.09 a.m. She reported that she had just arrived home and found her boyfriend, Ozzy, badly injured, but she believed that he was still breathing. Police and paramedics arrived just a few minutes later and found Ozzy dead on a couch. He had sustained a massive head wound. Later, it was determined that he was struck on the right side of his head from three to eight times and died within 10 to 15 minutes after being attacked. They believed that he must have been struck with some type of club. Blood spatter was found on every wall of the room he was in. They noticed that Ozzy's body was showing early signs of decomposition, was cold to the touch, and the blood on the floor was starting to dry. Here's what the police found during their investigation. The sliding glass door in the back of the house was open. A shotgun, shotgun shells, a bowl of change, and speakers from a stereo were missing from the house. All of the faucets in the house were dry. It didn't look like anybody had run water in an effort to clean up blood. No murder weapon was recovered. A man named Jeff Dills claimed that he was with Kimberly that evening. He said that he picked her up on his motorcycle sometime after 11 p.m. on October 5 and dropped her off between 1.20 and 1.30 a.m. on October 6. A witness named Philip Verga, who lived across the street, said that he heard a motorcycle revving its engine inside the garage of Kimberly's residence at 11.50 p.m. Phil heard a female voice that he did not recognize. He yelled out of the window, telling them to give it a break. At 1.30 a.m., he was awakened when he heard a motorcycle and a car alarm. Another witness named Linda Alexander, who was also a neighbor, said that she heard a motorcycle driving away and a car alarm around 2 a.m. Other neighbors also heard various activity at the house between 11.50 p.m. and 2 a.m., including talking, arguing, and motorcycles. On November 10, 2003, Kimberly was arrested and charged with murder. Her first trial was in February of 2005. It ended in a mistrial. Nine of the 12 jurors voted to acquit. In December of 2005, Kimberly was tried for a second time. Here was the prosecution's theory of the crime. Kimberly, who was intoxicated, argued with Ozzy in their driveway around 11 p.m. Then she left with Jeff. After returning from having sex with Jeff, Kimberly beat Ozzy to death, took a bath in the hot tub, put on different clothes, disposed of the clothes that she was wearing as well as the murder weapon and various items like the shotgun, to make it look as though there was a robbery. Jeff Dills was killed in a motorcycle collision before Kimberly's trial 
so his testimony from a preliminary hearing was used. So he didn't testify in the traditional sense, actually at the murder trial. They were using this testimony from a prior hearing. Jeff stated that after he arrived home, he looked at a clock. It read 1.36 a.m. This is how he came up with the 1.20 to 1.30 a.m. time range for dropping Kimberly off. During that hearing, Jeff told the judge that he had trouble remembering events accurately. Joe Bugarski was Kimberly's ex-husband. He testified that the relationship had deteriorated, and in March of 2003, Kimberly kicked him out of the house and Ozzy moved in. He talked about how the couple had an argument in 2000. He claimed that Kimberly tackled him off of a bicycle and slapped him several times before grabbing a butter knife and attacking him. He was able to wrestle the knife away from her. Joe was arrested for domestic violence at that time. He admitted he threatened to kill Kimberly. He also admitted that after he moved out, he stalked both Kimberly and Ozzy and on one occasion threatened to physically attack Ozzy. One could argue that Joe's testimony helped both the prosecution and the defense in various ways. The defense argued that Ozzy's former girlfriend, Shiana Lovejoy, had threatened to kill both Kimberly and Ozzy. Ozzy and Shiana had a child together. When Kimberly moved in with Ozzy, he stopped providing financial support to Shiana. Shiana denied murdering Ozzy, but did admit that she left harassing voice messages repeatedly and vandalized his truck with a black marker and glue. Apparently, she put the glue in the door locks. Here's what Kimberly Long had to say about the events leading up to the murder of Ozzy. She, Ozzy, Jeff, and other friends went on a motorcycle ride on October 5. They visited several bars. She drank about 12 beers and 10 shots of hard liquor. At the last bar, Kimberly claimed that Ozzy became angry and accused her of flirting with other men. In response, Kimberly became angry. The two had a verbal and physical altercation in their driveway after arriving home. Kimberly left with Jeff on his motorcycle. At his residence, she consumed more alcohol, spent time in his jacuzzi, and had sex with him. After this, she asked to go back home. Jeff dropped her off at 2 a.m. She walked in the house, turned on the lights, and found Ozzy's body. On December 27, 2005, Kimberly Long was convicted of second-degree murder. The judge suggested that if this were a bench trial, he would have found Kimberly not guilty. He didn't believe that the cross-examination of Jeff Dills at the preliminary hearing was extensive enough for a murder trial, and he wanted more information about how Jeff was intoxicated. Nevertheless, the judge sentenced Kimberly to 15 years to life in prison. She was allowed to remain free on bond while she appealed. In November of 2008, her conviction was upheld by the 4th District California Court. In March of 2009, the California Supreme Court refused to review the case. Kimberly had to go to prison, but she surrendered 10 days late. Apparently, she just wasn't ready for that level of commitment. 24 hours ago, I found out the person I'd been dating and seeing for the last six months as a con man. That is my sister, Emma. Andrew Tonks's lies had been so convincing, she'd invested $300,000 with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. 
What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity. But to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual. Coming up in this series, and that's when murder, all this stuff goes through my mind. I'm really, really scared. I'm assuming Sarah has watched too much Netflix and figures I've been defrauding you. Couldn't be further from the truth. That's what this was, a real life story that seems so unbelievable, but it was actually true. A true story that all starts with one simple swipe to the right. I'm Sarah Ferris. And I'm Emma Ferris. And this is my story, Conning the Con. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. In 2010, Kimberly contacted the California Innocence Project at California Western School of Law in San Diego. They took the case and started filing appeals. The Ninth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals ruled against Kimberly, but did note that if they were the jury, they may have entertained reasonable doubt. Kimberly's attorneys kept working. Here's what they were able to put together as far as evidence to support another appeal. Testing from a cigarette butt found at the crime scene revealed unknown male DNA. Opinions were collected from experts who said that Ozzie died during a time period when Kimberly had an alibi so before 1.20 a.m. Ozzie was dead at least an hour when he was examined by first responders. Jeff Dills had made a statement to the police suggesting that Kimberly was wearing the same clothing when he picked her up as she was when the police arrived. The week before Ozzie was killed, he unsuccessfully sought a temporary restraining order against Shanna Lovejoy. On June 10, 2016, Kimberly's conviction was overturned due to inadequate legal defense during her 2005 trial. She was released on bond. In 2018, the ruling was reversed. Her conviction was reinstated, although she remained free on bond. In November of 2020, Kimberly's conviction was vacated by the Supreme Court. They noted that Shiana Lovejoy and Joe Bergarski had potential motive to kill Ozzy, and they did not have good alibis. The prosecution decided not to retry Kimberly, and the charge was dismissed on April 22, 2021. Now moving to my analysis. Was Kimberly Long guilty? Even though she was exonerated, some people, like the prosecutors, still believe that she is guilty. Let's look at the evidence both for and against the idea that she's guilty, starting with the inculpatory evidence. Kimberly had been in an argument with Ozzy just hours before he died. According to Jeff, Kimberly struck Ozzy during that confrontation. Kimberly took off with Jeff and had sex with him, presumably an activity of which Ozzy would not approve and could lead to an argument. According to Jeff's statement about when he dropped her off and the one neighbor that corroborated it, Kimberly was in the house for about 40 to 50 minutes before she called 911. What was she doing 
during that time. Jeff also said that Kimberly had suggested she could physically harm Ozzy. If Kimberly did not kill Ozzy, that means he was killed in a very narrow time range when Kimberly just happened to be away. Of all the times he could have been murdered, it just happens to be this window of approximately 90 minutes. That's very bad luck for both Ozzy and Kimberly. Kimberly told the 911 dispatcher that Ozzy was still breathing. Considering that Kimberly was a nurse, one would think that she should have been able to determine this with some degree of accuracy, as breathing is a common activity observed in patients, like the ones who are alive. Kimberly lied to the police about having sex with Jeff and would not reveal the identity of other people that she was with when she was drinking. During one interview with the police, she appeared to be uncontrollably screaming as if she was having trouble maintaining control of her emotions. Now moving to the exculpatory evidence. No blood or DNA evidence was on Kimberly's person, including on her clothing. Jeff said that she was wearing the same clothes when he picked her up as she was when she called the police. Blood spatter was found on every wall of the room where Ozzy's body was found. How is it possible that Kimberly beat him yet didn't have any blood on her clothes? The faucets in the house were dry and no bloody clothes were ever recovered. Ozzy was murdered with a club-like weapon. It was never recovered. How did Kimberly get rid of the other items like the shotgun, the change bowl, and the speakers? There were several indications that Ozzy was dead prior to 1.20 a.m. That's the earliest time when Kimberly could have been placed at the scene. Two other people had potential motive to kill Ozzy. Neither one had a good alibi. When weighing all the evidence, do I think that Kimberly Long was guilty? I don't think she was guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, and I don't think she was guilty at all. It just doesn't make any sense that she could have beat Ozzy to death and not had any blood on her whatsoever. I think this was a bad prosecution. Investigators focused on Kimberly from the beginning, based on her argument on October 5 with Ozzy, the fact that she was intoxicated, and her lying about having sex with Jeff. She was simply embarrassed about having sex with him, but the police took it as a sign that she was trying to deceive them about the murder. The police gave Kimberly a so-called lie detector test, this nonsensical fantasy-based machine that the police often use, which they claim can determine if somebody's lying. According to their so-called expert who operated the machine, Kimberly passed the test, which offers more evidence that not only are polygraphs nonsense, but the police simply use them as a tool to intimidate witnesses. They don't really care about the outcome of the test which is fitting because it doesn't matter anyway. The police only appear to believe in polygraphs when the device supports what they have already concluded. It's of course technically possible that Kimberly is guilty, but it seems like it would be very difficult for this to be true. She would have had to come home, change her clothes, murder Ozzy, get rid of the murder weapon, the stolen items, and clean up, change back into her original clothes, then call the police. I guess it's also possible that she had another set of clothes that looked very similar to the ones she wore earlier. What lessons can we learn from this case? I have three here. Number one, never talk to the police. It's not only a good tip for staying out of jail, but it forces the police to actually conduct an investigation based on evidence and not based on trying to catch somebody in a small lie and then pretend that this means they committed murder. Number two, it's amazing to me how persistent and involved the former lovers were in this case. Kimberly's former lover was mad at her for rejecting him. Ozzy's former lover was mad at him for not supporting her financially. 
In the situation, there were arguments, confrontations, and stalking. It just seems like a lot of investment for relationships that were already over. Arguing at any point doesn't make sense, but it's particularly futile once a relationship has ended. I mentioned that Kimberly just couldn't seem to commit. Joe and Shiana had the opposite problem. They just couldn't seem to let things go. Number three, Kimberly did not do herself any favors through excessive alcohol consumption. During an interview, she suggested that alcohol was involved in a number of bad decisions she's made in her life. Among the many reasons not to excessively consume alcohol would be that it increases one's chances of being falsely accused of murder. An unlikely occurrence, but when it happens, it exacts a high price. This particular risk of alcohol could be used in campaigns about substance use awareness. Instead of focusing on a shortened lifespan, financial problems, injuries, and relational problems, they could focus on not drinking as a way to avoid being falsely accused of homicide. False murder convictions are a little-known side effect of alcohol that may just convince some people to think twice before drinking. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa Vita Brevis. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.